Hey there. Like this show and want to create one similar? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. Uh, One of the main things that I love about Anchor, but that's not all. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. How awesome is that? Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create. Whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world has never heard before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to The Kidney Connection, a weekly show about dialysis wellness, kidney health, and how to make holistic choices that can lead us to the healthiest possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Ebony G, a registered nurse in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information and free resources to help you get started, please visit our website, www.lwapllc.com. I really hope you enjoy listening to this show, but just a reminder, this show is not a substitution for medical diagnosis and treatment. Welcome to another episode of The Kidney Connection, Uh, and we have another great guest today. Shamika, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. Oh, no problem. Thanks for the thanks for coming. I always love to um, meet other um, business owners, especially Black women. So, any chance I get to elevate our voices is always a plus. Absolutely. So, um, and especially in what we're talking about, I feel like um, mental health is still such a, a lack in our community. So I'm especially yes. interested to see, you know, your your take and hear hear what you do. But before but before we dig in, um, tell everyone about yourself. So um, my name is Dr. Shamika Gibson, and I am the founder and CEO of a nonprofit organization called Change in the Mindset Incorporated. So um, I guess I should start a little bit at the beginning. So I do have a for profit business called NA Success Corporation. It originally started out as as SG Consultant and Data, where we provided support um, to individuals that wanted to enhance um, a skill set in their career. So we was doing things like resume writing. Um, I was offering employee retention workshops to organizations. Um, I did a lot of different things in the workforce development because my PhD is in industrial organizational psychology, which is psychology and business. And so it was a lot of HR stuff, a lot of data. And so I used that to help organizations understand the connection between them and their employees. And so um, we grew really rapidly. And when COVID, when COVID hit, 
that's when I had to kind of switch gears a little bit and change some things up because what I've noticed and what I've learned is that a lot of organizations needed grant writing. So I have over 17 years of experience in nonprofit management, 10 years in grant writing, and I have uh, about $50 million under my belt in uh, overseeing and, and applying for grant funding, federal funds, by the way. And so that was wow, very attractive. Amazing. Yeah, that was that was where we took off. And so um, we I received a lot of support. Um, I started writing grants locally here in Memphis, and then it went from Memphis to Atlanta, then Atlanta to Phoenix, and then Phoenix to you know all the way to uh, New Zealand. Now I <laughs> say that so we are um, we're helping everyone nationally and internationally. And so changing the mindset was developed because I didn't want to just be a business owner, just providing a service. I have a high level skill set. And um, I noticed that just because you provide a skill set does not necessarily mean that it offers everything that a business um, needs to be successful. So I developed mm-hmm. a model uh, called Changing the Mindset based on some research that I've done and my prior work experience. And the model was created, it's a proof of concept model that proves if we change the way people think, it alters their behavior. And these are things that we already know, right? We know that if you change the way you think, you will have positive behaviors. But a lot of times we don't know how to do that. So we've developed uh, five models under the change in the mindset concept using three psychology principles, cognitive psychology, uh, growth, uh, growth mindset, and um, operant conditioning. And so what we've learned is that everything is due to conditioning. So the way that people learn and the way that they interact with the other with each other and through their experiences creates cognitive pathways. And these cognitive pathways create long lasting um, results that affects people's behavior that they carry from childhood to adulthood. So our goal is to do some rewiring. And we do that through implementing different activities to help people look at things from different perspectives. And so we use that in everything that we do. We use it on the nonprofit side and we use it on the for-profit side. And from this model, I created three books, uh, five eBooks and five content uh, logic models. Wow. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where to start. Okay. Let's start with the, um, the last thing you said. Did you say the content modules? Yes. So there's five uh, different content models that we have developed under the change in the mindset model. So um, the nonprofit organization was a replica of the for-profit business. So when we transitioned from SG Consulting and Data to NA Success, we started providing high-level business development work. So we was uh, helping businesses for organizational infrastructure development, program management, data analytics, and grants. And so our goal was to help businesses get to a position to where they were funding ready. So before pre-COVID, relationships were important. So if you had relationships, relationships kept a lot of nonprofit organizations or for-profit businesses um, financially stable. Post-COVID, those relationships weren't as valuable as as they were before COVID hit. What businesses had to understand was that they had to start going outside of their, their bubble. So they had to start applying for funding in other places outside of the four walls that they were comfortable in where their, um, their current relationships resided. So you may have organizations that are here in Memphis that realize 
that we're going to have to start applying for funding nationally in order to sustain our businesses. But what they learned was that they did not have all of the components in place, which are things like compliance, organizational development, uh, programming models. They didn't have these things in place to help them sustain, let alone apply for funding. So we went in and we helped them bring the organization up to where it needed to be in order for them to apply for grant funding. So we did that on the for-profit side and we provided services on the nonprofit side where we offered a business mentorship program and we also offered uh, workshops. And so these workshops would help anyone enhance a personal and professional skill set. And then we would help the businesses through the mentorship program that could not afford our for-profit services, but they still wanted to be successful businesses. Um, and those were like our grassroots or our startup companies. So what we've learned was that it didn't make sense to do both of those on both sides. So we pushed everything over to the for-profit side. We took change in the mindset. And now with the help of my 15-year-old daughter, we have turned change in the mindset into a bullying and technology nonprofit with a big cyberbullying. Because with my background in grants and research, I'm keeping up with how things are changing. And so we changed the model to reflect what is current right now, which is cyberbullying. But with the content models, the content models were created and they have five different focus. So we have health and wellness, we have mental health and trauma, we have professionalism and leadership, then we have um, financial literacy and economic development and family individual empowerment. And from those, from the change in the mindset concept, we develop five different models so people can understand that you must change your mindset in these five different areas in order for you to have healthy, sustainable relationships, healthy, sustainable life, healthy, sustainable business. And I know there was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm interested in how, how uh, is it going as far as like the families? How are people receiving that? Because I know um, relationships on on it by itself on its face are challenging whether they're with yourself <laughs> whether you're in a marriage friendship business everything that you said but how is that family dynamic relationship uh model working so that would normally fall in our empowerment model and what we have learned is that generationally um mm -hmm. things girl we about to get deep honey <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, yeah. <laughs> that that generational, um, they say Ebony taking me right on, right on there, honey. Um, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I also, uh, before I got into what I'm doing now, um, I did trauma focused work. So a lot of the work that I do with the mental health piece and the empowerment piece comes from my background in therapy and counseling. So, um, mm -hmm experiences trauma trauma focused cognitive behavior therapy and I done trauma informed care and what I discovered was that based on adults your adult life your adult life uh, things happened in your childhood that impacted your ability to function as a um a rational adult and so yes. <sighs> generations generations of, of behavior generations of conditioning generations of um of rearing can definitely impact how you respond and behave in your adult life and what we try to do is to help people understand that 
if your parents taught you how to beat the system, right? So if your parents taught you to never pay bills on time, if your parents never taught you the importance of being fiscally responsible, that as an adult, you're not going to be as responsible financially as you would if you had a parent that may have prepared you for that. But then what happened? You pass on those same skills that you learned as a child onto your children, and then the cycle continues until someone says, I'm going to learn how to be responsible. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a job. I'm not going to keep having children because we also know that research states that the more children you have, the further in poverty you, you will be in. And so those are the things that we try to get people to understand. And uh, when I used to do social services, what I would do when I work with families, because I have a background in home visitation as well, is that we will take those families and we will look at things like budgets and we will look at spending habits. And also we would create support systems so people can actually look at these things instead of just having talk therapy. Changing the mindset is about actually implementing processes and systems to help people change. We have to rewire their way of thinking. And with rewiring the way of thinking is through repetition and actually doing something. Talk therapy doesn't always work. Right, yeah. Yeah, you have to show and prove. That's right, <laughs> that's right, exactly. You have to show and prove. And it was a lot of examples too because like, for example, it's, it's interesting how people really don't understand that when you don't do something, that it has a effect. So cause and effect. Um, there are really adults, there are adults that really don't believe in cause and effect. They just think that what we often hear is that God is going to work it out. That's what I'm faith with that work is dead. And if mm -hmm. you do not do the work, then yeah, there's going to be some consequences for the behavior. And that's what we try to get people to understand. And we get them to understand it in the professional world and in the personal world that your behaviors and your way of thinking comes with consequences and they could impact you personally and professionally. Yeah. Yeah, that accountability piece is huge, I'm sure. Yeah, we definitely try to encourage self-accountability. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I push is accountability because it's easier to blame someone else because it takes the responsibility off of us. If, if we say, um, <laughs> like tonight I'm doing a workshop on uh, workplace trauma. And so one of the things that I put in is the root cause. So we always have to find the root cause of the problem. And with workplace trauma, what we, uh, what we know is that the trauma is caused by people and experiences and not by actual buildings and different things like that. So instead of leadership owning that their way of leading can cause workplace trauma, they will blame it on things like, oh, poor building structure or uh, I don't make enough or the budgets aren't enough, so I can't pay my staff enough. So they will place the blame on intangible things that sometimes they can and can't control instead of looking at it internally and saying, hey, maybe it's me. So we try to get people to look at the root cause of the situation. Let's not focus on everything else around you. Let's focus on how you can implement change and how you can do things differently to change your situation. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it goes back, back to that word empowerment that you use. Like people have to, you know, have, have that self-efficacy. Like I can do this. You know, I might not know what to do. Um, and going back to that family thing, of I might not have been taught what to do, but that doesn't mean that I can't learn and that I can't, you know, change those things. Right. And then even on the flip side, Ebony, you hear people say, but that's how I was raised or that's how I was taught. And, you know, they, they, again, place the blame back on someone else instead of like you just previously stated, you take ownership in it. Just because you was raised that way does not necessarily mean that you have to continue to live that way. Um, especially if it's not producing positive results, it's not producing success, it's not producing the things that you want out of life. So it's easier to blame everybody else for your lack of when actually you have control over that. Right. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, and I, what I find ironic about control is that you have some people, people as me, <laughs> that want to control every aspect of everything. And that creates a level of anxiety, you know, and stress because you cannot live in the future. You know, I am one of those people I'll, I, I am working on, I am a work in progress. However, I tend to live my life three years down the road. I'm not the most <laughs> mindful person. Um, and, when, and like I said, that creates, you know, a, 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 an unhealthy level of anxiety for me. But then you have people on the other side of the spectrum, like what, like you said, where you don't want to take control of anything, mm-hmm. you know, and you just want to, you know, put it all up to, oh, these are the cards that I was dealt. And like you said, this is what I was taught. And I always find that um, those positions just so interesting how, you know, just how things work out and how differently people think and see situations because I I'm a nurse but I feel like I've always lived my life with charting the exception I did not I didn't ever worry about what was normal or perceived normal or regular what I wanted to impact was what I didn't like um because I was one of those people who grew up I didn't how I grew up I did not like it I did not want to repeat it but I didn't know what um, what I want it looks like, even now, you know, I don't know what mindfulness really truly looks like, because I'm not a mindful person. So although I aspire to, and I practice it, it's difficult for me to attain something I've never had a level of ever on my own. Right. And so I feel like a lot of people give up and a lot of people stop and say, oh, I can't do it or whatever the case may be, because, you know, you, you just feel like, how am I supposed to do this? I don't know what it looks like. You know, I can't, I can't grasp it, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's, and that's why I picked the family um, aspect to ask you about, because I feel like it's just so important um, because of all of that stuff that you said, the childhood traumas, how you grew up, all of that stuff, it really, really impacts. I did a podcast episode myself on, um, the toxicities you create <laughs> trying to avoid toxicities of growing up you know what I mean and I feel like I did that too where I created a lot of unhealthy habits because mm-hmm. I was trying to get away from unhealthy habits as I grew up but I did not know how to do that in a you know in a proper way like now I do it with my therapist so I'm able to do that but 
um, you know, before that, it was just like, I'm spinning my wheels. Like my intentions were so good, (laughs) but my actions and my behaviors were not, you know, in line with that. (laughs) Right. Right. And then a lot of it is like I previously stated, it's the cognition piece. Uh, A lot of people understand the importance of the brain and how the brain is that 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 power force, that battery behind a lot of things It's a powerful organ. And we we have to do um, some different perspective taking. So we have to look at things from different perspectives. We have to interact with different people. Um, and like you said, do therapy. It is essential. I did therapy, even though I'm a therapist, I did therapy too, because I needed a different perception. And just because I think I know it all and I think I have it together, does not necessarily mean that I do. And I need another person to look at the situation and say, hey, Shamika, have you thought of it this way? You know, or have you tried to do it this way? And then that's when I start thinking, that's when the brain gets to going. (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, I didn't, all right. Well, let me try that instead and see if that's gonna give me something different. And you're right. When you're going through the lifespan development, right? And you're, you're constantly growing, you're constantly learning and things become functional. So there's this thing where you have um, behaviors, you have behaviors that you learn through life and they actually produce positive results. It does not necessarily mean that they are positive behaviors, but negative behaviors produce positive results for some people. And mm-hmm. it's functional and it gets them what they want. I'll give you a perfect example, a toddler. If a toddler throws a tantrum and mom is not in the mood for dealing with that, that crying toddler, what she's going to do? Give him what he needs. And then what's going to happen in the brain of that toddler is that, huh, so if I throw a tantrum, I'm going to get what I want. So now he has associated rewards with bad behavior. And so he acts accordingly and he gets what he wants. But then what happens if that behavior is never diminished as that person goes through adulthood? Then we see adult women and adult men throwing tantrums because they think yes. they want to give them positive reinforcement. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I ain't going to tell you how many tantrum throwing men I dealt with in my life. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That's why I'm like, oh my God, that's like, it's so this is just multifaceted honestly like like this can be a series all on its own for real because it's just such a um it's such an issue and it's and it's so funny how the people who I find the people who are most um leery and and not really with therapy are the people who needed the most to me um because I just feel like you know you can't even recognize it you know you're you're so not self-aware you know like your self-awareness your emotional intelligence is so low that you can't even identify in yourself that there might be some things and or a lot of things but let's just start with some things for those people that you might need to change revise you know stop doing altogether and so like I said that's why I was really um interested especially with families because you hit all of that the generational things the um you know things that are passed down just you know traditions quote unquote and um and you know those ways of living are are thick they are thick 
And so, um, you know, I was just wondering how, you know, that was and the success with that, because I find that it's difficult to change people's, um, even if people are open to it, if it's just something that's like in their family and ingrained, it's very difficult to, um, to bust out of that. And that's true. I think what you're doing years. is amazing. It takes years of re- yes. It mm-hmm. takes years of reprogramming, and it's um, it's unfortunate because you know, no, you you don't understand where it's like you don't understand where to start and where the end is. You know, is you you just keep going, you keep going, you keep going, right. keep going because. It's functional. You just keep going and you just keep going. Yeah, it is. It is. So are your services, I know you said your your for-profit are international now. Is changing mindset, is that just local or is that also uh, worldwide? So everything we do is Okay. <laughs> yes, I love oh, it. Uh... I'm like... Look, that cannot be just um, confined to Memphis. This is needed all over. <laughs> yes, we we do everything worldwide, and I know, like on our for-profit side with the um, with our consulting business, um, we I, I'm trying to pull back and do more just nationally because it's really difficult applying for grant funding uh, on an international level. And so, what we're learning is that when you're trying to apply for grant funding, or I wouldn't even say what we're learning, but what we know is that. Um, a lot of times when you're doing work internationally, you have to do a lot of fundraising for those efforts. And so mm-hmm. now I'm taking a step back and I'm doing less grant writing national uh, internationally and doing more fundraising internationally. We get better results mm-hmm. way. But as far as the nonprofit side, so um, <laughs> that is very interesting because we are venturing into youth uh, technology services and also the bullying piece and we will be offering that in five different countries so um, we've cre- recreated a model to where we will provide um, support with helping young women young girls and young women on how to utilize technology to receive uh, employment in those fields so a lot of women don't know basic technology like how to turn on a computer, how to troubleshoot a computer. Um, and I'm also learning that with a lot of these tech organizations, they jump straight into the skill set. You know, you learn how to code, you learn how to do websites, mm-hmm. but they don't teach the basic fundamentals of computers. And so mm-hmm. my, daughter both, my daughter is 15. She is a computer engineering student here in Memphis uh, at her high school. And she also just received her website design certification. So she helps me with uh, websites on the for-profit side and on the nonprofit side, we work together and I'm, I'm kind of guiding her and building her up in that, um, in that area. And so we will be offering workshops to those women on basic technology skills um, and also on self-love through the, through the bullying piece. So the bullying piece would include things about how to deal with mental health, stress, depression, um, and also the self-love piece and suicide and how to positively interact with other people. Um, so that's what we will be doing a lot on, on that end. And so those five countries that we will be working with is Kenya, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, New Zealand, and Australia. And so um, we're also working with 
um, the organization in Kenya on developing a career preparedness pipeline to another country. We haven't decided which country yet. We're looking at two. But um, the goal is for them to allow us changing the mindset to train those girls basic computer skills so they can obtain employment in those countries so they can bring money back into their communities. Amazing. Wow. um, Internationally. (laughs) I love it. Oh my goodness. Please keep me um, interested. I'd love to, you know, share whatever it is that you have, Definitely. um, you know, doing more for going, moving forward because that, that is um, amazing. And it's just, um, that's just exponential growth. You know, you teach a few and then those a few are going to teach many and it's just going to, you know, that ripple effect is going to be amazing. Yes. And I'm learning so much about international work. Um, it's, it's so interesting that I'm almost like, do I want to move to another country? <laughs> it's so amazing. You know, because I don't really understand. I've learned through my work with the DR that there's a, um, a big issue with sex trafficking. And then mm-hmm. uh, Kenya is forced marriages. So the girls are marrying as young as 10, 11, 12, having babies. Mm. And maybe raising children from a previous relationship of their older husband, um, the life expectancy of men in that country is not long. So what happens is, is that you have young women that are not educated or have employment and and are raising children before the age of 20. So our goal is to really provide some some type of relief, um, at least get them educated. So that way, if nothing else, you have education. Can't nobody take that away from you. And then we provide you with a skill set. So as long as you have education and you have a skill set, you can always find work somewhere or start your own business. Yes. All right. Great, great. And where can people reach you? Um, You know, donate to you. So I'm glad you said donate. (laughs) So uh, we are in the process of launching um, our crowdfunding for raising the funds for our international work. We have not solidified that yet or released that yet. So that should be coming out sometime next month. So I will give you the link for that. Now, if you would share that, I will greatly appreciate it. Um, We pulled in a lot of support here locally to support those uh, business where those um, those countries outside of the United States, they're going to really need it. And, and they don't need a lot, Ebony. And that's the thing, like here in the United States, what we've learned is that, let's just say my organization, my organization may need 50,000. We don't need 50,000, by the way, but we may need 50,000 to operate. Over in the DR, they may only need $2,500. And so the goal is to help raise the funds so we can provide the technology needs that they uh, need, some basic necessities. Some of the women in uh, Kenya don't have sanitary napkins. They don't have personal hygiene items. So we want to be able to raise funds so we can provide them with the things that they need to deal with the root cause. Because again, another root cause in the um, in Kenya is that once the women get pregnant, I mean, not pregnant, but once the women have their cycle, they don't go to school. So that's a missed opportunity. So we want to make sure that we provide all of the resources that we can so we can not have any excuses for why we can't help these women be successful. Um, and so people can get in touch with me uh, with my flow. I have a flow page because I have so many links and I'll be here all day telling you all of the ways to get in touch. 
But uh, I have a flow page. And so it's flow.page backslash innate success, I-N-N-A-T-E-S-U-C-C-E-S-S. And that will uh, provide you with all of the information about Shamika. And so it'll have my website. It will have my social media handles. Uh, we may be adding a link for donations. Um, the books. So the books, my third book will be out in uh, July. And so um, all of the things that you would like to know about changing the mindset and in a success corporation will be uh, located in that link. All right. Well, amazing. Amazing. And you can find um, all the links will be posted on the show notes on the website. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing all that you do. It's You're amazing. Welcome. You're welcome. And I would love to thank give you uh, your, your listeners a free gift. So um, we have created five ebooks. So the ebook that I would like to share um, is the change your perception to change your behavior. And so that will be the first guide to start the process of changing the way you think to change your behaviors. And so I'm right. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll give you the code. And so they can go on the site, type in a code and, and download the book for free. Okay. Yes. I will also post that on the show notes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. No problem. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please be sure to share this broadcast with family, friends, or anyone that you think could benefit from it. Also, share your takeaways from this show on your IG stories. Don't forget, use the hashtag LWAP. Check out the show notes for the resources and references talked about in this episode at www. Dot lwapllc.com slash blog. Thanks again. Talk to you next time.